guess we'll be hitting the dog days of summer before two of them. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure when that starts. Uh, it's in July. Has something to do when Sirius is when Sirius rises and sits over the horizon, the dog star. Yeah, you lost me. I don't know. <laughs> we know Sirius Radio that their emblem yeah. is the dog. Yeah, yeah, they're that's, that's they're referencing the, the dog star. Yeah, I, I know Sirius Black. I don't know what that. What is, is that? Just a cartoon on Cartoon Network. Kyle, you reference a lot of cartoons I've never heard. Of. John, really? You don't know Harry Potter? I don't know anything about Harry Potter. I don't either. No, sorry. There's a man named Sirius Black in Harry Potter, and he turns into a dog. Um, no. Our listeners probably know that. Yes, we just they don't, do. We just yeah, don't know that. I don't, I mean, Our listeners are cooler than y'all. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to read or watch Harry Potter growing up. <laughs> by the time by the time I was able that's to, I had no interest. That's so funny. If they only knew what was coming, they wouldn't have, they could have cared less. <laughs> they only knew. Yeah. I like how my first reaction to that is, I'm so sorry, and your first reaction is to laugh at him. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. There, there was a, I, it was some backlash about the series of unfortunate events or something. I remember that, too. At this stage, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't know what you missed, you really don't care. That's true, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I never got into Harry Potter. I never tried it. I mean, I just missed it. It's a little. It's a, it's a little. I mean, you would have been an that? adult. Oh, I okay. mean, but adults read them too. Um, what year was that? Uh, she started writing them, in, I think in eighty nine. When was the first book? When did the first book she come out, though? First book came. Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So that explains that. I was you, in college. I was yeah. gonna say, were you married then? Yeah. No, but, in college. And it's interesting because the first book reads like he's eleven in the first book, so it reads like a book that an eleven year old would like to read. Oh, okay. As he gets older, the books get a little bit older to the point where he's seventeen at the very end. Right. And as adults you can still read. Yeah. And they're so deep. He's already become an atheist by the end. I mean, oh, that's my fault. That's the actor. <laughs> Never mind. But but it's interesting because with with me, like I grew up reading the books. I grew up as Harry grew up. I grew oh. up as the actors yeah, in the movies that. grew up. Yeah. So, so it's important to you. It yeah yeah. It's it, not important to me. It's and <laughs> they, there's been some backlash recently because of some right. things the author has said yeah and what she believes um but i mean it was a huge huge part of my life and i'm sad that you guys don't have that experience yeah yeah but i know you guys have our own experience your own experiences and that's fine that's right the that's wind makes, and the willows that's what makes us human ah yeah speaking well, of on that note we should probably start wow that was not planned at all and we, we're not paying you for that, here. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 64 of the What Makes Us Human podcast, where we even dared to speak of somebody who's been canceled, J.K. Rowling. But we're not talking about her today. We're talking about something very fun and very interesting. Um, one of the things that I first saw on the internet. So I remember when the interwebs became a thing and I'd sit at my computer and it would 
Yeah, and uh, showed the it's little like guy were, running. It's like you were killing a small robot every time you could. Yeah, that's right. So I was drowning a small robot. And uh, this is one of the first, because when I discovered that I could ask any question, I was up all night because I had lots of questions. You know, did Hadrian really have a beard? You know, all these things. And uh, Sure, one, you used to be growing up. Well, I was going to say, this is one of the first things I ever Googled. Okay. Was uh, unexplainable pictures. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You used to, I mean, when I was growing up, I, I'm trying to remember how early on we got internet. We got internet fairly early for for my age um, because mom always had a computer uh, because of uh, preparing people's taxes. So oh, okay. we'd usually get her old one. When she got a new one, we'd play games on it and stuff. Yeah. But so we definitely had dial up for a number of years and uh we had the free dial at one point we had the free dial up from Kmart or like showed you an ad for Kmart while you were oh, really? connecting. I don't yeah. that. So you you didn't pay for it, you just watched an ad while you were connecting or whatever. Okay. Prior to that that you're willing to tell the world. Prior to that, if you didn't know the answer to something, you could ask your parents. Oh yeah. And they probably didn't know. And the encyclopedia. Uh, you might have an encyclopedia or some kind of general knowledge book or collection of books. But if, basically, if you couldn't find it there and if you couldn't get to the library, you just didn't know. Right. And now we know instantly. Now, the first thing I probably Googled like in depth and dug into was how to remove a virus from my mom's computer. Because I had downloaded a game I wanted to play as a small child. Yeah, you told child. me this, I think, one time. But I had downloaded a game I wanted to play and got a virus on her computer that she needed for her job. So I didn't tell anybody, and I figured out how to remove it. And now I work in IT. So IT career began. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, I remember telling the wife, we were talking about, you know, are we going to, this thing seems to be spreading, but certainly we're not going to, you know, we're probably never going to need another bill at the house where we have to pay for this. I remember saying, because we can go to the library if we need to, you know. If you need the internet. Yeah, because it was new. You know, yeah. It was relatively new. Yeah. Um, we didn't pay our bills with it. I mean, you didn't get your fake news off of it. Uh, you weren't lied to by the government or anybody else off of it. But, yeah, so I remember us talking about how, you know, well, we can go to the library. And then one day, you know, the kids came home and we're going to need this for school. And I was like, oh, okay, we're on this bus, you know, forever. But uh, but anyway, so today we're talking about something called the Solway Firth, Solway Firth Spaceman. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, and there's a chance you might not, um, mm -hmm. stop. And this was a great segue into this. And Google Solway, S-O-L-W-A-Y, and then Firth, F-I-R-T-H. Google Solway Firth Spaceman and take a look at this photograph. And it's really weird. Yeah, I was going to say, they should definitely look at this picture and have this in mind or you're as we're talking no about this. What we're talking about. Yeah. So when you, had you ever seen this before? I had not. You okay. mentioned this and I had no idea what it was. Okay, so this is one of those things that um, I was trying to think of a good example. I think I've got a good example of what this is like. Um, this is kind of like our Constitution <laughs> today. Okay. Uh, it used to be a big deal and now nobody's read it. Nobody knows what it says or means or stands for. Um, uh, and so, you know, back in, back in the seventies and the eighties, I think this was a bigger deal and people were, they were still delving into this. Uh, 
the father that snapped the photo, Jim Templeton, he passed away in 2011 and it's pretty much died down unless you knew of it or hear of it on a podcast like this or bump into it on the internet. Um, but yeah, it used to be a really big deal and it's kind of um, evidently died away some. And I think it's because Jim passed away in 2011. Um, I think there may be another, something else that's also kind of contributed to killing it, but it's really going to spoil it. Yeah, kind of throw a wrench in this whole thing. So yeah. we'll talk about that maybe a little later. All right. All right. So, dear listener, now that you have paused and gone and looked at the picture, the photo, and now you're back with us, thank you for doing that. Um, you see what we are talking about. All right. So, on May 23rd, 1964, May 23rd, 1964, a Carlisle fireman, so I guess he's from the town of Carlisle, a Carlisle fireman in England named Jim Templeton took his daughter Elizabeth and his beautiful wife um, out for an afternoon at a place that overlooked uh, something called Solway Firth. Um, it's kind of like, uh, for us, it might be like Stone Mountain, I guess. It's just a you know short drive from the house, and it's a good getaway. Uh, grassy plain, nice overlook. Yeah, it was taken, taken to a place called Berg Marsh. That's it, yeah. Near Cumbria, England. Yeah, it looked, overlooked Solway Firth. So, yeah, we're in England for this. Yeah, we are in across the pond in England. Um, and they're having a good time. There are two women that are also there that they pulled up and got out of their vehicle, but they're way off to the side, Jim later relates. So they're not alone, but there are two like two older women that get out of a car and they're way off in the distance. Um, and the daughter has on a new dress and she has plucked some flowers. And he, Jim, the father, has his camera and it is a, I believe it's a Kodak, not DSLR because we're not digital yet, but it's a Kodak SLR camera. And um, the daughter sits down in front of him. And he proceeds to snap some photos of her. Yeah, he's he's a bit of an amateur photographer, as as a lot of folks would have been at this time. But if he maybe took a little more seriously, maybe had a little nicer equipment than than you know a Kodak Brownie or something. Yeah, um, of the time, because he was he was also a bit of a amateur historian. Yeah, I think I saw at one point that. Uh, his daughter is now in charge of his photography collection. Ah, okay. And it's like 20,000 pictures that he's Dang. You know, documenting history. Yeah. Um, in, in, like historical sites and stuff. Or history as it happens, I guess. Maybe, okay. Somewhat too. And so back then he probably had his own little red room or whatever, developing room where he put the, I don't know. He did not because I know these pictures were sent to Oh, that's out. right. He sent them off. Yeah. yeah. If you're my age, now, Jared, did, do you remember, did you ever put a little roll of film in the envelope at Walmart and come back next week? And Yeah. Okay. You remember that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, but my parents did when I was <laughs> okay. a kid. You know, I mean, digital cameras didn't become a thing. So digital cameras were really gaining in popularity when I was working in the electronics department at Staples in high school. Oh. So that would have been 2006. So okay. it was really into the 2000s before. Really? In mid-2000s before it really took off. Yeah. Okay. I remember buying groceries. We would we would time it where we would do the one-hour photo and get groceries during the one-hour photo developing. And then, yeah, we try to time that just right and then pick up your photos. It really is a weird concept, though, 
if uh, if you've only ever experienced digital photography, whether on your phone or on a camera, the idea that you take a picture, you don't know what it looks like. Right. Yes. So you may maybe take several. That's right. That's exactly. And then when you go have it developed, you keep the ones you want. Yep. And you don't really know what you have until you send it off. That was part of the fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened here. He took he took a couple shots of his daughter from one position, and then a couple shots from a little bit of a different angle, you know. And then they go about their afternoon, and they go to the house. So it's one of those things where it's an uneventful day that turns out to be very eventful. That's the only way I know to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the moment, there's nothing happened. Yeah. Pretty typical family outing to nature. And yeah. Yeah. Nothing. So in describing the day, it's kind of a non-event. It's just like, okay. So a couple of days later, uh, he drops the film off somewhere and... When he goes back and gets it developed, you know, you got that moment where you open the envelope and you're excited and you want to see which ones came out the best. You know, there's going to be some with some bad lighting or something, you know. Um, There's this one photo, which you, listener, have gone and Googled. So you know what we're talking about. um, Where it, it looks like directly above his daughter's head, there is an space, there's a space astronaut in a white suit with a helmet and a black visor with an arm bent at a really weird angle directly like at the top of her head. But it's, you know, you can tell it's, it looks like it's way back there and it just happens to be where it's, it's appearing above her head way up on the hill back there. Sure. Or or a very abnormally tall person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. so she is, you definitely need to look at this picture if you haven't, but she is, the picture is kind of a close up of her, really her, her face. And, um, so everything else is just kind of in the background, but this, so this kind of looks like this person almost looks like they're sticking up out of her head, essentially from the way the picture is. Yeah. Because the focus was clearly on her at a close angle. Now there is a, the, the first time I ever saw this, I I had to Google something else, and it was, um, what's it called when you see what you're looking for? And it's spelled funny, P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A, pareidolia. Okay. Probably butchering the crap out of that, but it's it's when you look at a cloud and see a lion. Sure. Or see uh, Harry Potter living under the steps with a house elf, you know, in a cloud. Um, It's where you, to reference the beginning of the show. Uh, but it's where you see what you're looking for. But that is not happening here because when you're looking at this, when this this day, this photo and this event was about a picnic. It, this had nothing to do with space travel or astronauts or aliens or nothing. So when you when you're when he looked at this photo, his mind was not looking for an astronaut. So there's no way that can be an answer to this. Maybe. Okay. Well, clearly that's not what he was looking for, but space and space travel would have been on everyone's mind Mind, in 1964. Yeah. So see something unusual, and maybe that's where his mind goes. Okay. Because it's kind of sitting there in the back of his mind. Like a 2000 whatever. 
Yeah. And that's true. But in 2000, whatever, when I discovered this, it was not on my mind. See what I'm saying? And I still went straight to astronaut. Sure. Yeah. So it's like if if all these random people saw Harry Potter living under the steps with W the house elf in the cloud, if they all saw that, you know? Okay. Yes, Ann. Dobie the house elf? Doobie? I don't know. What's his name? Dobby. Dobby. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not a fan. And he doesn't look... I'm butchering it. Anyway, that's... Hey. Yeah. It's if Gandalf wants to wield a lightsaber, let him do it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. The book's right. a lot shorter. He'd have, yeah, he'd have thrown it at the Balrog. Yeah. All right, so anything else to add, Jared, to the first, to this initial day and then the development of the film? Well, I was just going to say, to, to the to the idea of that's what you see, I don't know what your experience was with coming across it the first time. When I came across it, you know, this week looking at this. Yeah. I had searched for. Um, oh, you searched for the Solway Solway Spaceman. Space okay. And so when I saw the picture, that's immediately where my mind went. Okay. But it's because that's essentially what I was looking for. Okay. Um, All right. So. See, I, I remember looking up creepy pictures or something. And um, because I had come across some website about scary North Carolina or something. And, and I was down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And I looked up unexplainable photos or something and this was the first one and i was like why is there a spaceman or whatever behind this girl why is there an astronaut behind this chick okay you know um but yeah now that's a good point there could you see anything else in this figure though it's hard to say at this point because at, at this stage the witness has been led to believe <laughs> yeah at this stage i've read about it I've listened to what other people have said about it. I've seen what people who discredit it say about it. And I, I can see what they're talking about as well when I look at the picture. So it's not, I, I, my mind doesn't immediately go to, well, that's an astronaut and nothing else. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, what happens next is this man, Jim Templeton, I don't know if he contacted the local newspaper or if I think he did. Anyway, they end up putting this in the paper and asking people if they can, what they see, what do they think it is. And it, it goes like, you know, this is before the Internet. And this, so on the, in the newspaper world, this goes bonkers. Yeah, it's viral before, before something viral. going viral on the Internet. With the yeah. Thing. yeah, it's picked up by newspaper newspapers across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you know, a billion people trying to figure out what this what this is. Now, a couple of days after, so about the time that Jim Templeton went and got the film to and, and it was developed and he first looks at the picture, if you look at the timeline, something happens. So in another part of the world, in Australia, a little place called Woomera or Woomura, W-O-O-M-U-R-A. Woomura, that's hard to say, Australia, there is a launch of something called the Blue Streak Missile. Now, this is a missile that was built not far from Solway Firth um, in England, and it's taken down and launched in Woomura, Australia. Now, it had had 11, I think this was like its 11th launch, and it had very successful launches. 
Um, but because of politics and press or whatever, it just didn't, it's not, it's not as widely known as some of the American launches that were very successful. Um, but the launch that day, about the same time that Jim Templeton's first looking at the developed photograph had to be canceled because two men had wandered near to or onto the launch pad. And I guess they were going to be killed if they actually hit the ignite button and this sucker took off and they had to cancel the launch. Well, a man that worked on that in the project, I think is called Spade Adam, S-P-A-D-E-A-D-A-M. But one of the men that worked on that project, he saw later the photo in the, in a newspaper, I guess in Australia or something. And he immediately did everything he could to contact Jim Templeton but he, because he said the two men that caused the cancellation of the launch looked exactly like this astronaut in the photograph. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this episode may turn into one of those where you say something and I immediately try to rebut what you just That's said. Fine. This story I'm just throwing it all out there. So this the story you just told yeah. was relayed by Jim Templeton. Yeah. But we have no first hand accounts from anyone who was at the launch site stating what you just said. Right. You can go out and watch the video of the canceled launch. Okay. Uh, it's in the British archives. Okay. Uh, I watched it. The only thing you see is essentially like a lens flare. You see a like a little flash of light. Yeah, I did see that, thing that people said that's unusual. all that they saw. But yeah, as this was relayed in the newspaper, it was Jim Templeton saying, hey, this guy contacted me and said, you know, this happened. Yeah. But in like the official military documentation for why the launch was scrapped and all that, there's no mention of two men being, you know, being the cause of this or, right. or any of the other stuff that you just released. And your so. UFOologists, whatever, would say, well, of course, they're not going to say blah, blah, blah. Sure. You know? But that is usually a response to the United States military. You know, I mean, this is not the U.S. military. This is, I guess, something to do with all yeah. the Australian folks. But that's... That's kind of going to be a running thread in some of the follow-up to this is Jim Templeton said so-and-so right. happened. And Jim Templeton said this happened. And we don't have proof, any supporting evidence. Like, if this was... If you're trying to get evidence for stuff, we, we really don't have evidence. Right. But... Yeah. All right, now... To pop no, no, that's... Out. I mean, that's how these things go. So, uh... And I like the, I kind of, it's, it's, these are more like a tennis match. Okay. You know what I mean? You, you, you lob the ball of the lure over the net and then you get the, well, but there's no evidence back. You know what I mean? All yeah. the times. Um, all right. So then some time passes. Jim Templeton, as Jared said, Jim Templeton says that two men in black. Now this is before the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, so don't think Will Smith and all this. Um, but he says that these two men dressed all in black. Now, I don't know if he said men in black or yeah. if he said men dressed. I don't know. But men in black show up at his house and want to be taken to the site nearby um, to see exactly what he saw and to interview him. And he asks for their names. And he once again, he says, see, Jared opened up the can of reality here, which is, you know, he says um, that they would not give a name, that they only said that they're, they were uh, number nine and number, oh, 
and number 11, okay? Very interesting. Yeah. And I guess he was like, okay, I'll be number three. You know, I don't know. Yeah. He's Jim. Uh, But number nine and number 11, they put him in their car, not his car, but their car. I would not have gotten in the car myself, but anyway. Um, and, And they drive him back to the site of the photograph. And they ask him, now this is the only place he contradicts himself. They ask Jim, now all this over a weird photograph. This is just weird. They ask Jim, they say, was there anybody else anywhere in this area when you snapped this photograph? And he said, no. But in the original testimonial that makes it to the papers that go global and viral before there's viral, he said there were two older women yeah. that got out of a car further on down the curb up there. Right. So that's the only place he contradicts himself. Now, um, when he says that to them, yeah, he says they get mad yes. and they leave him. They, they, drive, they drive off, off in their car him. and he has to walk home. Yes. Maybe those two old women were 9 and 11 in disguise. <laughs> They're like, he's lying. He knows he saw us. All right. Any, uh, what you got, Jared? Any? So let's talk about the MIB. So a couple things here. Yeah. It could have been. Even. It could have been, certainly could have been people from the government wanting to investigate this strange phenomenon. Certainly possible. Another possibility is he straight up made this up. And that's, and straight up made up the, the men in black. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing, the whole story, that, that part of the story. The third option, I think, is this is two guys that were just pranking this guy who claims he saw, you know, an alien or something in his picture, you know, yeah. some local, couple local guys who heard about this in the newspaper and thought, we're going to play a trick on this guy. And they get him to drive him out there and then they leave him. So he, he did say that, uh, that it got weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. The letters that he was, there were people that were telling him that he and his daughter had some sort of special angelic aura yeah. or spirit and they could produce things that other people couldn't produce and that they could contact spirits and all this. Um, and I wonder if he did not write back to somebody as a joke or something, something that took off or he may, like you said, he may have just been the victim of a, they may, he may have been praying or, I mean, it could legitimately have been the government. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't put that, and I, you know, I can see. But again, this all comes from Jim Templeton said this happened. Right. Um, and unfortunately, if this was me, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to be like, well, I don't have, I'm not the queen. I don't have a verifier behind me at every single encounter in my life. Sure. You know what I mean? Writing down, in fact, this little podcast and my work attendance and sightings of me at this church once in a while. I mean, other than that, the rest of my life is hearsay, <laughs> you know? I mean, so yeah, that would be hard. Sure. Because he doesn't have a phone that's pinging his presence and sure all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, this could have absolutely happened. And it could have been government or it could have been people playing a prank. Um, we just don't know. Yeah. 
because it's all this is what Jim Templeton said. Yeah, I but, doubt that two men from the government showed up and said, "My, I'm number nine and I'm number eleven. That's a little weird. It's it. Yeah, it's certainly strange. Um, obviously, this whole thing is is strange. The other thing I, I think maybe to to go back a little bit because what you just said triggered something. As far as as far as you know, seeing maybe what you're looking for. If this picture had been snapped in 1864, then the response probably would have been completely different. Right. Yeah. It would have been, oh, that's an angel, or yeah. oh, that's a, you know, whatever. You know, it would have been, it would have been perceived yeah, totally, different. totally different. Yeah. So I don't know what they would have said. They thought they were looking at. I, I would think it's a white being, and they would have said, oh, it's an angel. You know. Right. Probably. Right. Yeah. Um. So that being said, I wanted to just briefly, other than the, other than just the worldwide, and it took a while to settle down, just the the lore that built up around this. That's the information I have. That's yeah. the extent of what I've got on this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I want I, I want to kind of talk a little bit about, and this is also going to kind of poke some holes in in the photograph a little bit. But I don't know if now's the time to do that or if. Let me hit on this. Yeah. And because you touched on it. Because I think it may also get into maybe why this isn't as popular any longer. Right. Okay. Yeah. So in 1947, 20, almost 20 years before this, a guy named Kenneth Arnold was flying a, something called a Call Air or Cal Air A2. And he was flying near Yakima, Washington. And he was on a little bit of a errand looking for a downed, aircraft something to do with the marines that were training in the area um and he saw nine flying objects okay he said we're going over a thousand miles an hour i've i've heard this story yeah um and he once he landed he was freaked out and he tells this is 1940 this is post-world war ii but barely yeah we are not in the little green men era yet yeah um and he relates to a local reporter that these things were acting like saucers bouncing off of water. They were just zinging along. Okay. And the reporter, as they are wont to do, was listening about 90% and said that he said they were flying saucers. Okay. And this whole era began. Yeah, it kicks it off. Yeah. Kicks it off, buddy. And it, it's, you know, out there on the West Coast, you just, I mean, you got the eggs, the butter, the bacon, the sausages, the breakfast is getting ready to be made for this whole UFO thing. Um, and, and that sets, so 17 years later, you have this happen. And it's, you know, it's like you said, Jared, it's in the mind of everybody. You're right in the thick of the 60s. Yeah, space race is on everybody's mind. Kaboom, yeah. And little green men and astronauts and all this. So I wanted to give that a little bit of background for um, how it kind of, it's not 1864, it is definitely 1964. Okay. Have, uh, did you read what David Clark wrote about the photograph? Yes. Okay. So, for our audience, David Clark is an investigative journalist. These kind of extraordinary phenomenon is what he deals in. Um, 
He was at one point a curator for the National Archives in Britain, their UFO project. So this, and this is the kind of stuff this guy deals in. And his take on this picture is that this is Mr. Templeton's wife with her back. She's looking away from the camera. She's right. in the background looking away from the camera at, at a bit of a distance. And that the picture is overexposed. She was wearing a very light blue dress. And the picture is overexposed, making it, you know, white. making it white out. And the, um, the visor of the helmet is her hair kind of being young. blown. Because her hair was about chin level all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, looking at the other pictures that Jim Templeton took on this day, and looking at the coloration of everything and and and, and all of that, I think that really is the most plausible explanation of, of this picture. Yeah. I just can't it, see it. It, that's my only thing is I can't all I see is the vase. I can't see the two people kissing. I can't get my mind yeah. to not see the astronaut. It might be helpful. I did, I did not save the picture, but I saw one of the things that, that helped me really get this was someone took a, a filter to try to fix the overexposure. Right. And so it puts the the white is now the same light blue you see in her dress and other pictures, and that really helps you get the oh that's what this is. Okay, see, I have okay, all right. And in that, it kind of fixes the coloration on the other stuff in the picture to match the other picture. So it kind of it kind of to me goes to show that you know this is a product of of overexposure on on this particular picture. But it did take that. Plus, looking at the other pictures that he took that day, some of which included his wife, um, to to really, you know, get get my brain thinking in that direction. Now, I'll throw something at you real quick. And well, go finish up. Sorry. I was gonna say the other thing. The other thing that goes with this to the idea that that he didn't see her in the shot is, and you you maybe. You mentioned something about this earlier, so so this may not explain it fully. But one of the things that came that that was brought up was that uh, this particular camera, when you look through the viewfinder, you only saw about seventy percent of what would be in the final shot. Right. Um, so, kind of goes to the idea that you know that she could have basically accidentally because her back was to the camera walked into the shot and he wouldn't have even seen it when he was looking through the so he may have just seen the top of his daughter's head as the top of the picture knowing that that wasn't the top of the picture yeah and not realizing his wife was going to be had, in the top yeah, of had the stepped picture. into it yeah okay yeah all right yeah because no see i kept thinking he's not going to snap that photo with her back there but that is that would explain that if and that's that camera viewfinder evidently is famous for you, you need to realize you're not seeing the entire picture. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that explains that. Now let me throw this at you. Okay. So we are a rare breed of human in that we live in a time where we now know that the moon is not perfectly smooth, as Galileo first thought until he looked at it in a telescope. We know that, that there the are The moon not, is not made of cheese. Right, yeah. We know that, the, that it's... It's not little elves and fairies that are moving things in our cabinets at night. It's the mice. You know, it's, I mean, there's almost zero lore now. Sure. Right. 
And when you go on a ghost tour, it's cute in a way because because you know in your heart 99.99% of the time they're having to really fluff it up because it's not real. Sure. You know. And so I suffer and I think a lot of us may suffer from a type of was it pareidolia where you're just dying for there to be something weird that we just can't explain. Yeah. And you just want it to be the freaking spaceman. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think I suffer from that. I, I mean, I just, I would kill for there to really be a Bigfoot. Yeah. But I knew if there really was, we'd have done probably exterminated all of them. We'd have found them and killed them all off. You know what I mean? So I, I think there is, I don't know what you would call it, but I think I think there is this thing. And it's a new thing for those of us living in the time that we're living in where we want there to be the fairy. We want there to be the astronaut. And we just don't, it's got to be something we can't explain. There must be something more. Yeah, because it's, it's a, it's annoying that we can explain everything away, you know, and we, we kind of live without a lore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's an inherent it's human instinct that you want there to be more. You do, yeah. Yeah. So... This was a weird one. I I remember when I first saw this, I was like, "Ooh, now that weird," you know. Um, there's another photograph uh, I'll just touch on called the I've seen it's called the Cooper and also the Copper falling body. Okay. And um, Google that, dear listener. And uh, now that you're back and have seen it, I think it's been completely debunked because the story cannot be once again. Jim Templeton doesn't tell the story basically prior to 2012. Mm. And it's a family sitting at a dinner table the day they move into a home in Texas. And the first time I saw it, it really creeped me out. Hannah's laughing hysterically. But, and it is of a person that appears to be hanging upside down from the ceiling. Yeah. Right next to a family that's all smiling at a dinner table. The first time I saw it, I was so weirded out. But, and the father evidently snapped the photo the day they moved into the to the big old farmhouse in Texas, and that's what they got when they had the film developed or whatever they did back then. Um, but the story is nowhere to be found anywhere until like 2000-something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, there's an awful lot of room. He doesn't center the family in the photo. They're off to the right to give the body room to hang. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, it's like staged. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another famous photo of the guy that had passed away in battle, and he's there with his troop. I think it's World War II. Um, and you can see him in between two of his... It's like a very faded version of his face in between two of his cohorts there. So creepy pictures are a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I will say, to to Mr. Templeton's credit... Yeah. And he and he made sure to mention this repeatedly and and often. Kodak was asked about this picture because they developed it, and Kodak said, basically, the picture hasn't been messed with. Everything in that picture was in the picture when it was taken. Right. Um, But again, if the explanation is the wife accidentally stepped into the shot, you know, looking away from the camera, that that fits with Kodak's explanation as well, statement as well. And I, 
My only, I'm not trying to create lore, but my only hang up with that is that he would, I feel like, you know, you snap a picture. I, I've done a lot of picture taking. I'm probably 50, 50. I've probably done 50% of my picture taking with a camera that's not digital yeah. earlier in life. And the, the, the very first thing you hit that button and then you pull it away. And I feel like he would have seen and he'd have been like, oh, well, I remember she was in the shot. I pulled the camera off my face and she was in the shot. You know what I mean? It's quite, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I guess. And he's where... really making much of nothing if if he knew that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's entirely possible he pulls the camera down and his focus is on his daughter or his focus is on True. You know, something else. Yeah. Uh, because... It's not like she was right behind the daughter. That's I mean, true. She's on. She was there. in the distance. Yeah. Because the astronaut looks itty bitty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I gotta say this. The and only... the other thing that throws it off is when you see that picture and you're trying to make sense of it. Yeah. You have to remember <laughs> that this was his daughter was what five six something maybe four four or five. So this is a little girl. Yeah. But the picture because it's a it's kind of a close up and things. Your mind thinks that's a full-grown human being. That's true. So, therefore, you know, whatever's in the background must be really tall or, you know, yeah. of weird proportion. But in reality, it's just, no, that's a little girl. Yeah, she's and a so little girl. And so your mind doesn't take that into effect, into account when you are when you you know look at the picture. But you do have to take that into Now, she stayed quiet on this, didn't she? Who's that? The little girl, Elizabeth. No. Was, uh, okay, she, she talked about it. She she gave in one instance. She said she was a little girl, so she doesn't remember anything about it. And then the immediate next sentence was, "I think it was a man from space." <laughs> so, in one sentence, it was, "I don't remember anything about it." Yeah. And the next sentence was, "It was a man from space." Number eleven told me to be quiet. You know, so. Take 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 with that what you will, but have you seen the photograph of Joe Biden visiting the Carters? Yeah, that one weirded me that out. That is so weird. The yeah. It is straight out of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits. I mean, they look like leprechauns. Like puppets or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the funniest. Acrylicus dummies, yeah. Yeah. It's... Or uh what's it? Doobie? Dobby, Pookie, Dobby, Dobby. They look like little Dobbies. Just, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> so that was the Solway first spaceman. Uh, that was my episode. Jared did better research on it than I did, but uh, I think together we made a good. Uh, I think that was all right. Yeah, it was good. You got anything else? I'm fresh out. No band names on that one. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. There is a a song. By uh, somebody. Who is it? It's a famous band. I saw this when I searched it. Um, is it the people that wear the mask? I know there's more than one band that wears masks. Slipknot. Is it Slipknot? I think it's Slipknot. Soul Wayfirth? Yeah. Yeah. There's a song Slipknot. called Soul Wayfirth. I don't think it's about this. I don't know. I don't listen to Slipknot. So. Anyway. All right, folks. You can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, you can email us wmuhpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to write in. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're right. Tell us what you think of this picture.
Or tell us what you think about Dobby. <laughs> if you have any, uh, if you have any unusual pictures, family pictures with strange objects or people in them, certainly be uh, interesting to see. Like, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Later.